I mentioned this earlier. I'd, I'd been to a, an event where some former footballers were drinking. They were drinking no alcohol beer, not low alcohol, no alcohol beer. And I thought, I'll try one of those. And it was a Heineken. It had zero. And it was pretty good. And I've had one since. And we have visited this, I think, over the last few years on the program. We've periodically talked about no alcohol beer and wine because increasingly people are turning to it. Uh, and drinking it in increasing volumes, you find it at the supermarkets. But what I've also discovered, just from my own personal experience, is it seems to have got better. It tastes better. It tastes much closer to uh, to what you might call a real beer. And I checked in with the man that we talked to about this, uh, Ben Maloof, who runs Craft Cartel, but he knows all about a beer in particular, uh, Ben. So I thought I'll go to him. How much, how much, you know, progress has been made? Because, and and then, how good is the Heineken one that I had? And are there better, better labels around? So uh, this is the conversation Ben and I had earlier tonight. G'day, John. How are you going? Not too bad. Now uh, we've talked before about this, so come on, be blunt with me. I had the Heineken Zero. Okay, it was in a bottle, had a little zero down the bottom. So if you hold it in the right way, people don't even realise you're drinking zero alcohol beer. It tasted terrific to me. From what I understand, you reckon there's better stuff around than that? Yeah, there's plenty of good stuff going around. And, and you made a good point in the introduction there. There have been huge strides in the way that zero and low alcohol products are being produced, both in the beer scene and the wine scene as well. So just a little bit of context for it. What used to happen with your no and low alcohol products is that essentially they were beer-flavoured carbonated drinks. So they weren't actually brewed, they weren't actually fermented. Mm. And that's okay to get a subtle beer taste. But Mm. when you actually ferment a product, not only are you creating alcohol, but you're creating all of the flavours as well, the mouthfeel, the aftertaste, the subtle aromas. So when you take the fermentation process out, by virtue of definition, you're taking out most of the flavour as well. So what's happened over the last few years is companies have realised that Heineken, but there are plenty of other good craft ones that we can talk about. But they've invested in some really great technology that actually de-alcoholizes the product. So it brews the beer as if it was going to be a real beer and then takes the alcohol out, which means that it leaves all the residual flavors there. So one that I drank during over the last sort of couple of months was called Beneficial Beer Stone Cold Lager. And I promise you, if you didn't know that it didn't have alcohol in it, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't have believed that it was a non-alcoholic product because yeah. they really invest in the technology and they get those subtle flavours and aromas as well. So it's beneficial beer, stone-cold lager. C- can you find that around the place? Look, that one in particular, you'd have to jump online. There are independent retailers who have it around. I know that they sell it online. We sell it at Craft Cartel. So they are available at good independent bottle shops Mm. Um, and pubs around the country. But there are so many brands doing it now. I speak to a lot of craft breweries who have a no or low alcohol product on their product range as well. So if you go down to your local craft brewery, you're every chance of being able to find one of these products. But look, go to your mainstream bottle shops as well. And like you said, Heineken does one, um, Han Super Dry does one. There's a number of the mainstream brands that have these low alcohol products. And if you haven't tried them for some time, don't sniff your nose up at them. Give yep. them a go again because I promise you 
the difference between what they are now and what they used to be five years ago is significant. That's why it was important to talk to you because I was quite surprised. And so you've got these others that we can try as well. And then have we seen a similar shift and advance where you're talking about low alcohol wines as well? Yeah, low wines is actually, uh, Mudgee was one of the first pioneers of these products. And you're starting to see them pop up all over the place. One of some of the more commercial brands that you might see is McWiggins have invested very heavily um, in low and no alcohol wines as well. And the principle's exactly the same. Rather than creating a product that never had any alcohol to begin with, you're actually creating a product in the same manner as you normally would, extracting the alcohol out. And that means that the mouthfeel, so you know when you take a sip of a, a beer or a wine, you know you can taste the flavours at the top of your mouth, the side of your mouth and the back of your mouth. Well, that just doesn't happen when you don't have a fermented or a brewed product. So you're starting to see these advancements, not just in beer and wine, but spirits as well. They're becoming along in leaps and browns. Wow. Okay. Yep, the principles are exactly the same. Um, I think it's been driven by a couple of things. You have a lot of people who are very healthy, which is these days, understandably. And like what you said, you go to a barbecue and you just want to be able to have something in your hand and have a drink, um, but you don't want to take the risk of obviously driving whilst having a drink. We should never do that. Um, it's a good alternative for people who enjoy the flavour who enjoy the social aspect of it, but in past had been a little bit reticent because they didn't think that they could find something that was going to be appealing to the palate. Yeah. That is no more. Give it a second chance because I promise you, you won't be disappointed. So a crisp Sav Blanc on a, on a warm night, uh, sitting on the balcony, you could actually have a really nice one and it's got all of those flavours in there without the alcohol hit. Yep, that's the way that it's going and it's the way of the future. And, and you sort of start to see them popping up. I mean, you're starting to see some of these products available on supermarket shelves. And I think that liquor licensing laws in Australia are very strict and, and rightly so in a lot of scenarios. But they get these non-alcoholic and low-alcoholic products available quite readily down at your local supermarket, whether it be a big chain or a small independent, it makes them far more accessible. And like everybody, breweries and wineries need to diversify their product range to meet what market is demanding. And that's what the market is demanding on a number of fronts. And accordingly, it drives innovation and the results have been exceptional. And Australia really is at the forefront of a lot of this development, as we always are in the food and the booze scene. Okay, now you know I'm going to run two things. First of all, the word alcoholise. I'm going to run that past our, our, our grammar expert later in the week, but we know exactly what you were talking about, de-alcoholise. I'm scared when you start throwing words around like, nah, oh, that really worries me because I've right. been caught out by a kill before. But that's all right. But you know, you know what the next thing is. There will be listeners listening and imagining all of these craft breweries and all of these big brewers who are de-alcoholising the beer and the wine, and they're thinking, well, where's the alcohol going? So the alcohol is being extracted. It's not being just tipped down the sink, is it? It wouldn't be, and I'll have to take that question on notice about yeah. how they dispose it. I would imagine they'd be doing things like turning it into hand sanitizer and reusing yeah. the product in yeah, that possibly. space. So, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd imagine that there would be an alternate use for it. It's a little bit like when yep. you finish with the grain in the brewing process, they, they sell it back in for feed, for stock, and things yeah, like right. that. So. There will be a there, there there will be some smart cookie out there yep. who's got a recycling program that allows people not just to throw these products out because waste not want not so my grandmother used to tell me. All right, Ben, as always, great to talk to you. Of course, your business is Craft Cartel. It's craftcartel.com.au. That's the website. That's the one. Plenty of great craft beers there. If you love craft beer yourself, or you just want to get a gift for the craft beer lover that you know in your family, let's talk again soon. Thanks, mate.
Thanks, John. There is Ben Malouf. Craft Cartel is his business. And I had a note from one of our listeners just in relation to uh, this saying uh, zero alcohol beers are good but full of sugar. You might as well drink Coke. Now, I'm thinking that what Ben was saying at the beginning is that a lot of these things were, were made essentially just as sparkling water which has been flavoured to taste like beer, that would be those. But if what Ben was saying is that they brew them in the same way that they brew beer and then just extract the alcohol, that uh, that wouldn't be the case. So what I'll need to do is get the bottles and check what the sugar content is because they do have that listed on the bottle. So I'll, I'll do that. Thank you very much. Uh, what about a low-alcohol gluten-free beer? From, I, think Craig's, I think Craig's taking that just one step too far. I will do some taste testing on this for you, uh, but you might want to go and test some of them yourself. If you haven't had a crack at them for a while, uh, they, well, the way I take it was, was excellent.